You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. actually talking about that the other day because i remember hearing somebody talk about sting doing that oh oh i remember what it was i was watching because he performed that song during an award show and somebody was live streaming it and that person's chat that was all they would talk about the entire time he was performing (laughs) and the person who was watching it never heard about that about uh, sting oh was sting's uh love of tantra yes (laughs) yes Things an interesting dude. They're like, are you guys being serious? Are you, are you, are you, are you, like, I've never heard of this before. I'm like, dude, I've known that for like almost 15 years. Like, of course, of course we're serious. <laughs> Why would we joke about something on the internet? Mm. Like, come on. <sighs> tell them that you're, you're not just serial. You're super serial. Super duper serial. Super D-duper. Well, we are going to get super duper serial about keeping these Premier League matches going at all cost. Right, guys? That's that's what's most important. When we hit that, I I literally just, um, I was listening to ESPN FC before I got on with you. Mm -hmm. And, um, like Ian Dark of all people who we love, like tried to make the point why they need to keep playing. It's like, ah, bro, I love you, Ian, but this is a little silly. I, if it's, I respect, I respect your opinion, but you know, this is silly. Um, so I was, I didn't actually have an article pulled up about it, but I, I really should. Um, cause we can, we can talk about that, but if it's, and I didn't see the segment you're talking about, but I did see him mention on Twitter, he was talking about, well, you know, it's, we, as we saw last year, it's very important for people's morale that, that there's yeah. something like, so I'm like, no, no. Come yeah, on. that was it. That was it pretty much was the whole morale and everything. And I was like, I mean, I, I kind of get where you're coming from, but at the same time, nah, dog. Well, nah, I, th- dog. I remember it was, uh, it was not good friend of the podcast, Brandon McCarthy, um, who I remember saying, and I think it was, was it this year or was it maybe even last year? 
um, it, I think it was maybe even last year, somebody was talking about how uh, maybe baseball should have come back earlier because it could it could help heal the nation and and get people's minds off COVID. And I'm like, and he was, and basically his point was like, it's no, but nobody cares about baseball in June. Like n- no one cares about regular season baseball. It, it's not important. Like it maybe you know playoff baseball. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, stretch run in September, great. But he's like, in June, nobody cares in June. Like you, you can see ratings. Nobody cares, and that's like kind of where I am a little bit. Like I know it's Boxing Day and everything, but it, it's just like it's not the Champions League. It's not the last month of the season in a in a three team title race. It's just like these random middle of the season fixtures, which just happen to be around a holiday. That's that's the only reason they're special. Thing going on this week, especially in the UK, is this is the week that um, the Amazon package kicks in. Oh, uh, you know, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's another. That that's just like it's just another reason that they're sitting there like, oh shoot, we got, we need to play. Oh, we need to do this. We want to do this. Um, it's. I mean, we weren't kidding when uh, when when I texted you that meme. I mean, it's um, it's it's like Wu Tang, man. Cash mm-hmm. rules everything around me. Bring, get the money. <laughs> dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Oh man, that's 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 my favorite explanation for everything. It's just dollar, dollar bills, y'all. <sighs> it's, it's kind of sad, but that's kind of where we are. So. Yeah. Well, thankfully, I did pull up an article, and we'll talk about it a little later. On the Foreign Affair Podcast, welcome everyone to episode 394. My name is Edward Green, and I'm joined as always by my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw. Um, and you know how bad things are when we're not even talking about the football. And the football was, hey, football was pretty interesting this past weekend. Um, but we will hey, be we talking about yeah, we had the, the AFA we had, of, we had one of the better derbies that we've had in a long time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a bunch of fun. Uh, we'll be talking about that. We will also be talking a little bit about the League Cup, where, where maybe they're setting up another derby. Who knows? Um, but we'll have to we'll, – we'll keep tabs on that. Uh, we'll then hit the news and notes, including um, – because I did just find an article about it from The Athletic – uh, how the Premier League looks to continue on through this COVID-19 uh, uh, outbreak that has been ramp- rampaging through a bunch of their clubs. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Some other news and notes, a already big transfer uh, has happened, it looks like, uh, for this upcoming winter transfer period. So we can discuss that a little bit as well. And then we'll uh, pimp the athletics some more. We'll do a quick watch for, and uh, we will wrap up this pre-Christmas pod here. As always, the podcast is presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. So, about that COVID thing. A lot of matches got postponed this past weekend. Um, And we will quickly go through the ones that actually did happen. Um, Back on Thursday, so about a week ago, Leicester and Tottenham got postponed. So that's going to have to be made up. Uh, Chelsea and Everton played to a 1-1 draw. Uh, Mason Mount thought he'd won in the 70th minute, but just a few minutes later, Jared Brathwaite equalized in the 74th minute for um, 
Rafa Benitez's men and was able to get Everton a much-needed point against a title contender. Uh, Liverpool had no such trouble against Newcastle, uh, even though Voldemort, John Joe Shelby... He uh, started the scoring in the seventh minute, stunning Liverpool. Uh, They quickly recuperated and took a 2-1 lead into the halftime break. And then Trent Alexander-Arnold put it away in the 87th minute with an absolute howitzer. Um, That was your Thursday matches. On Saturday, uh, we had... Five matches postponed, which made Leeds Arsenal the only match of the day. And, uh, well, that, that wasn't really a good one. Uh, Arsenal jumped out to a 3-0 half, first half lead, uh, thanks to a brace from Gabriel Martinelli. And then, despite pulling one back for Leeds uh, in the 75th minute, uh, Arsenal still went on to win 4-1, showing more and more cracks in Marcelo Bielsa's game plan as his team is getting ravaged through injuries and COVID. Um, and one may start to question when when Bielsa's time may start to be up at Leeds, unfortunately. Um, on Sunday, there was another match, Everton-Leicester, also postponed. Uh, Chelsea and Wolves, they played, but they might as well not have. They played to a nil-nil draw. It happened. Um, Man City ran roughshod over Newcastle 4-0. And uh, in a match I'm sure we'll be talking about in a few minutes, a lot more in depth, uh, Tottenham-Liverpool played the classic 2-2 controversial derby, um, which has happened, I think this is like the third or fourth time since we've been doing this, that that these two teams have played to a 2-2 controversial draw. Um, I, I know at least one we watched in person together. Um, in a pub. So I know there's been at least one, but I'm pretty sure there's been at least a couple more. Um, but yeah, another fun one. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little more in depth here in the coming moments. Um, and so that sets up um, your your blistering holiday schedule, which we'll get to in just a little bit, where every team starts playing about 8,000 matches in the span of five days, which is just... You know, really great. If you saw Jordan Henderson's Jordan Henderson's uh, quotes today, you can uh, you can tell how excited the the players are to be going through this. Just really, really, really great stuff as always. Just, um, but let's talk a little bit more about Spurs versus Liverpool. Um, God help me, I've said I think we we need a counter at this point for how many times I've said maybe Spurs are finally back. Um, genuinely, Just like Texas is back. Yeah, <laughs> just like the U's back, baby. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, Conte is not our Charlie Strong. Um, and, yeah. and uh, Conte, uh, Antonio Conte may be starting to do some good things here at Spurs. Um, again, a controversial affair, uh, with plenty to talk about. Uh, the scores in the match, Harry Kane got it started with his first goal in forever in the Premier League in the 13th minute um, on a nice... uh... Sorry, my cat just freaked out for a second. Are you okay, Cadence? Mittens. Mittens, you okay? Mittens. Mittens. Oh, sweet, sweet mittens. She was like sleeping on a chair beside me and then just jumped off. All right. Anyway, um... So uh, through a good bit of team build-up play, 
um, and some dogged defense. Uh, eventually worked the ball to Harry Kane, who was able to score in the 13th minute. Uh, Liverpool was able to answer 20 minutes later through Diego Jota uh, after a couple of Spurs chances to increase the lead went begging. Um, Andy Robertson thought he had won it in the 69th nice minute um, with a 2-1 scoreline. Um, but then fortunately, moment, a little bit later for him, he was also sent off via a red card for a stamp uh, on, uh, or a kick, sorry, kicking the shin of a Spurs player. And then thanks to a howler by Allison, which just, he's, he's good for one of these every, every couple months. And for this time it was against Tottenham, uh, tried to come out and do a sweeper keeper move to get the, the, the clearance, uh, out of there. Unfortunately, kind of whiffed on it, and Youngman's son was able to run through unabated onto goal to equalize. Um, Spurs did push with the man advantage, but were unable to find um, uh, a, a game winner in this one um, because, hey, couldn't be a 2-2 controversial draw if Spurs ended up winning, I guess. Um, of course, part of the controversy was also multiple calls that went in weird ways. Uh, Harry Kane trying to early on in the match, uh, sliding in studs up onto Andy Robertson. Uh, he jumped up and was not actually made much contact with. Um, but it looked like for all the world, like the tackle was possibly worthy of a red. Um, there was a potential handball on Mohamed Salah in the lead up to, I believe the second goal for Liverpool that was not looked at. There was a penalty shout from Diego Jota that was not looked at. There was a foul on Sadio Sadio Mane on Hugo Lloris that was not looked at. Um, There was was maybe about four other things I'm forgetting because I just can't remember them all. (laughs) Um, And I I think the only person who actually got through unscathed from the match Ended up being Jurgen Klopp, who had some uh, very choice words for the official that I think uh, I think a lot of people thought might get him at least a fine, um, but uh, but no 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 fines. So well, he, he he did get a yell short. Oh, he did. I actually didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, he got, he got carded. Um, God, which one was it? He got. I think he got carded maybe after the uh, Harry Kane tackle. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, clock back card is... <laughs> oh, what a, damn, what a damn match from Paul Tierney. Yeah, it's a, it, it was it was of all of all the refereeing mat, matches I've seen in the in the Premier League this year, this was certainly one of them. Um, just and and what really sucks, I think, about that, Wes, and, and then I'll, I will let you give your thoughts. Of course, what what I really think sucks about that is these teams played a really fun game. Like, like, even with all the bullshit that happened around it with with the refereeing, these teams played a very fun game. Liverpool going back to without Virg- Virgil Van Dyke, their suicidal high line in the back, and and giving Spurs a bunch of chances, which unfortunately they couldn't capitalize on. And Liverpool doing Liverpool things in their own offense, where you know we've talked a little bit about you know maybe the defense has taken a a quarter step back this year, but the offense is really starting to fire. I mean, this was a really fun match and a really interesting match to see from a tactical standpoint from Conte and Klopp that unfortunately has now been completely fucking marred by this referee. 
and let's not forget Andy Robertson with a Scottish hat trick, an assist, a goal, yes. and a red card. Yes. <laughs> um, and actually, there, there's a stat for that. He is the first player since 2011 in the Premier League to get all three of those in the match. A, oh, an assist, a goal, and a red card. Uh, the last one was Alexander Mitrovic. Oh. He, he's definitely someone I could see that happening to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, go, go, Robbo. Um, man. So, let's just let's start with the play on the field. Man, that was a fantastic match. Got it. Um, you know, Spurs had not played a match in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think your immediate response is, oh, man, that's awesome. They could practice and, you know, Conte could get them working on his stuff. Well, no, that they couldn't practice for yeah. those two weeks either. <laughs> uh, the only thing they could do really was conditioning. And by God, I'm going to tell you, that looked like it had worked out pretty well. Um, yeah. heard, a, heard a stat tonight uh, when when Nuno Espirito Santo oh, was relieved, relieved of his uh, duties. Um, Spurs were the least running team in the Premier League. <laughs> Um, under Conte, they are the runningest, I guess is the word I'll use. They, mm-hmm. they are at the top now of the running charts in the Premier League, which, you know, we 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 felt would be the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so for two weeks, you know, yeah, maybe they weren't able to tactically work, but man, with the way that Conte runs that system, mm-hmm. those two weeks of, even if they were just able to mostly condition for two weeks, mm-hmm. that's actually really big because yeah, I think when, especially when Conte came in, people were kind of thinking, well, you know, uh, you've got to have a certain fitness level to play that system. Oh, and the, sure. you know, the, the congested holiday schedules coming up. Oh, this could be tough for Spurs. You know, yeah, it, it sucked not being able to play for two weeks, but man, this, this really might, come in handy almost for Spurs because they could almost get like a mini training camp, at least when it came to their conditioning. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm going to tell you, man, they were, they, they look like running wise and their movement and just the way they were going after it. I mean, that yeah, I could have closed my eyes and pictured those uh, prime potch teams. I, I think that's, that's the biggest like line around. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the biggest uh, change back to Conte is is because it's not something they did under Josie. It's certainly not something oh. they did under Nuno. But Conte has really brought them back into this like high intensity. It might not always be super high press like they did under Poch, right. but there's going to be a whole lot of right. running and and demand for for being able right. to to withstand this for so long. And and yeah, I think you're right. Being able to to at least instill that back into them after really not training that way for what maybe a year and a half under under Josie yeah. and, and Nuno. Yeah. I mean that's. That's big because that's something really hard to do in uh, in the middle of a season when you come in as a manager and having to like hit the ground running. So yeah, I think that's big. And and real quick before I let you get back to to what you're saying here oh. is it as a Spurs fan at least it it makes you wonder if they had gotten Conte in the summer, where could this team be right now? If he had had an actual training camp to instill this where could this team be right now? I think that's a very fascinating subplot once we hit the end of the season to look back on and say, well, where could Spurs have been at this point? But that's, that's for another day. And I'll let you, I'll let you get back to it. Yeah. But I mean, you're, you're absolutely right with that. Um, 
you know, they, they would, you know, they got off to the good start, which luckily for Spurs, they did get off to that good start under Nuno and at least put a few points in the bank mm. early. Um, but, you know, they're really coming around now. And <laughs> I'm going to tell you, this whole, this whole Conte thing, this is why I was terrified that United <laughs> were going to yeah. um, go get Conte. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, instead, United did everyone a solid. They held on to Ollie uh, a few weeks longer than they should have. <laughs> and, uh, and and Spurs got him. I'm sure all Spurs fans are um, you know, thinking of sending a nice fruitcake or a, a, a nice uh, a bouquet of uh, chocolate-covered strawberries. Uh, up to the old Trafford um, Absolutely. head offices, and thank you, uh, th- thanks, lads. Uh, we'll, we'll take him, and we'll we'll be all right here. Cool, thank you. Um, uh, so yeah, so play on the field uh, now. Spurs, as we said, they looked strong. They were flying around. Uh, Technique-wise, um, patterns of play-wise. You can see where it, it still looks a little new for them. For sure. Um, you can also see they're missing some of their players. I mean, mm-hmm. the the ghost of Deli Ali made an appearance, and that was probably the best Delhi's looked in about a year and a half. Oh, absolutely, actually, um, yeah. <clears throat> Deli, I think everybody was giving him hell for missing that, that goal, but then once we saw the replay, it's like, no, that was just Allison playing Superman for a second and getting his fingers on the end of that ball. <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, that was a hell of a shot. That was a hell of a play from him. Um, and, and he's he looked in that match to be doing the things that made him the high-profile player he was. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean he was giving an effort. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, he looked good. Um, Son, uh, Hyunmin Son is just – he just does what he does, man. You know, you don't even – you're not even surprised by anything he does for you anymore. He's he's just such a good player. Uh, Larice looks like he has a new um, outlook on life. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's back to making stops and looking looking solid in goal. Um, on the Liverpool side, where where you could see Spurs had a freshness. Now, the thing is, with two weeks off, you could either come in fresh or you could come in rusty. Yeah, Spurs did a great job of coming in looking fresh. You could tell that Liverpool have been playing a lot of football recently. <laughs> um, they they had some leggy moments. They did get themselves into the match, but Spurs came out and hit them like uh, like a ball of fire early in that match. Liverpool did find themselves down. They got themselves back into it. Um, the uh, the equalizer from uh, Diogo Jota, who yeah, for a small guy. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I say a small guy. I don't think he's really that small of a guy, but he just, he kind of looks like it on TV. <laughs> Man, that dude gets a shit ton of power behind a header. He yeah. is a great header of the football, which is something I don't think any of us were really looking at when he came in. But, man, he scores a lot of headed goals off of crosses and just does really well with that. Uh, Robbo gave him a beautiful setup for that first goal. Um, second... Well, they, well, well, I guess we'll start going into some of the um, strange call slash no call slash we're not even going to mm-hmm. bother looking at it again moments of the match. Uh, Jota was taken down near the end of the first half uh, in the box. Um, Emerson, uh, what's Emerson's last name? Royal. Emerson. 
Emerson Royal. Yeah, I, I wanted to say um, Emerson was his name, Palmieri or something. I knew that one. <laughs> anyway, um, Emerson Royal clattered into him in the back, uh, inside the box. Um, they apparently VAR did go back and look at that. They didn't tell Paul Tierney to go look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tierney later explained to Klopp that, well, he slowed down, and that's why he ran into him. Well, yeah, he was slowing down because he was trying to shoot the ball. But anyway, um, big, big, big no call there. Liverpool did eventually take the lead in the second half. But, you know, when you have those situations, you always wonder, you know, obviously that would have changed the game one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, a, that was a really, really big no call um, on what, to me, I think to a lot of people seemed to be a dead red um, foul in the box. Also, here's something else that I don't think was pointed out very much. Emerson was already walking around with a yellow card. Mm. There's a damn good chance that could have been a second yellow, which would have been a red card for Emerson at that point. Mm-hmm. So um, that was one Spurs were uh, very fortunate to miss. Um, uh, I, I will preface this by saying Andy Robertson deserved to be sent off. That was stupid. It was um, oh, yeah. out of control. It's it was probably like weird. the least controversial call from the match, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, that was. That was. Um, <laughs> I mean, all, all day red card. Robertson came out after the match. It was like, yeah, my bad. He said, I, I was an idiot. I know better than that. I'm stupid. Uh, as as the British commentator said, uh, he saw the red. Yes. Um, and, then, and then he saw red. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no problem with that. Um, Harry Kane. Mm. Whoa. Uh, let's start off. Harry Kane, awesome goal. Yeah, great goal. Awesome goal. <laughs> Good uh, to see that goal at home this season. Uh, Kane is... I'm thinking under Conte, you're going to get much more of a Harry Kane that you're used to. Yeah. Um, I think that's you're you're starting to see that come around. You know, once again, if they hadn't been off for two weeks, he might have had a few more goals in the bank already. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think he he's definitely, you can tell he's definitely one of those guys. He's very excited to be playing for a big time manager again, like uh, like Conte is, like he had with Poch. He's he's happy for that. You can see it in his game. Man, I don't know what the hell he was thinking coming in on Robertson, though. <laughs> a, he was late. B, he came in with those studs up. Um, if Robertson hadn't already been moving to get his foot off the ground, we might not be seeing Robertson until the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, myself included, I thought it was a red card. Um almost like to, to have them like almost have to beg just to give them a yellow and then not even take a second look at it. Absolutely insane. Um, uh, the only explanation I can get is uh, he got the England captain treatment because you can't red card the England captain. There, 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 there's my sour grapes on the day. Um, but that, that would have, I mean, obviously that would have been a big game changer to go down mm-hmm to 10 men inside 20 minutes uh, and to lose Harry Kane lean the line. Um, I mentioned earlier, Sonny was doing Sonny things, which are good. Uh, Allison, as Allison, God, uh, the thing, Allison Becker, Allison Becker was 
fucking Superman. He really like, was. He he had a great match <laughs> until. Oh god, he was fantastic. And then all of a sudden, it's like he was coming out. He was trying to sweep. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh shit, I can't get to. Oh god. <laughs> and he rounds him, and I'm just sitting there going, I I didn't get mad. I didn't get crazy. I just went, oh son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And Sonny cools the cucumber, just rolls it in exactly what he's supposed to do. Um, a well, I will say, well earned point by both squads. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both came out of that game going, we could have taken all three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both could come out saying, well, it might be fortunate that we got one. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, a lot of commentators said it, and I agree with them to me. I mean, that's. To this point of the season, that's the match of the season in the Premier League. It was so good. There could have been more goals, but by God, uh, there was a ton of drama. Um, you know it's a good English match when you have it's, – it's almost like to have a great English match, you need the controversy. Yeah. Um, and there is plenty of that to go around. Um, I think if Spurs or Liverpool will see Paul Tierney again anytime soon – Especially Liverpool. <laughs> oh, oh, so hold on. I have my number. I have my stat. I gotta pull this up. I wrote this down. I heard it. Okay. This season, Liverpool have been issued 27 yellow cards and one red card. Paul Tierney has officiated three Liverpool matches. 11 of those 27 yellow cards have been given out by Paul Tierney and the one red card. <laughs> so, um, in. They played 18 matches. Paul Tierney's done three. He has given out nearly 50% of the cards to Liverpool this season. Mm. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, th- I think you can see where, you know, uh, there was definitely frustration from Jurgen Klopp. Um, uh-huh. Klopp. Klopp is a pretty frustrated dude anyway when it comes to that. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> He's and, not and the then, most gracious of losers. No, 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 no. And a draw is definitely like kissing your sister. No matter yeah. how good looking she might be, we don't want to kiss our sister. And it was a good looking match, but she didn't want to tie that bad boy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think if Paul Tierney does a match at Anfield this year, he, he may be in for a, he may be in for a spot of stick. <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it at all. Um, I will say just uh, quickly from uh, football.london, um, there was a, uh, a, a former Premier League referee who came out and tried to suggest why it may not have been given a red card. Uh, I guess he wrote it in the Times. He said, the law is strict when a player lunges in as Kane did. Whether it is from the front side or back, a challenge like that always risks a red card, especially when contact is made above the ankle. What saves the England striker is that Robertson's foot was not planted. The Liverpool man's raised leg limited the force of the tackle and convinced Tierney that there was no serious foul play. Both a booking and a red card are justifiable. Therefore, the referee did not make a clear and obvious error, and VAR was correct not to intervene. So, that's whatever. Okay. Um, (laughs) Sure. I will say, too, um, at at least to try and get inside Tierney's head a little bit, not not for the Kane attack. I I don't know why. I'm not going to try to defend him there. But for the Jota call, I do wonder because something similar actually did happen to Delhi uh, later on in the match, I think, where he also could have drawn a penalty. But it looked like instead of if he had actually attempted a shot that 
he might have actually gotten the call because it was it was a fairly similar situation. I don't remember the defender at the moment, but it was a situation where Delhi was in the box and he got fouled, but it it, it did look a little bit like he w- he was going for it and he did go to ground a little too easily. And I just wonder if and and again, he did not get the call. So I wonder if that's if Tierney was just seeing things like that with Jota. That's that's my only that that he did try to apply that consistently even if he got it wrong. But that's that's what he saw is that I'm not gonna give soft penalties today. And, yeah, and, and, but I, I guess really my biggest problem is you know we've got the VAR. Yeah, we no, talk about you're right. oh we use the VAR, then why not use the VAR? You know, go go look at it, go over you know take. I mean, look we. It took us 30 seconds to get the Robertson call correct mm-hmm. and confirm that we got the Robertson call correct. And, and you know, that that actually, VAR ended up working out well there because at first he just gave him a yellow card. Mm-hmm. He went over, he took a moment, he looked at it. <clears throat> okay, I need to get this call right. Why couldn't we have done that with some of these other calls in this match? I, I, uh, I mean, go, go t- you know, take a look at the Delhi foul. Um mm-hmm. I thought Delhi went to ground a little early. I, I kind mm-hmm. of agree with that uh, aspect. I think um, I think if Delhi had stuck with it, he could have gotten a foul. Mm-hmm. But I think he I think he anticipated the contact and he went mm-hmm. he went pretty easy. Yeah, uh, Jota got absolutely smoked. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jota got. I mean, because when you go back and look at the replay, you know you, you could see on the replay in the slow mo, you could see Delhi kind of throwing himself down. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jota just got nailed. <laughs> Um, you know just take a look at them and let's see what happens here because I think we've gotten to the point you know people oh we don't want to slow down the match no I think we're at the point we would rather you get it right Mm -hmm. I'd rather watch three extra minutes of match and you get the right call Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) if not then why are we wasting our time even with the entire VAR program if we're not going to get the call right. So, um, uh, that's it. Day, that's my thing with it. Um, it was an awesome match. It yeah. was two teams blood. It had some of that English blood and thunder. <laughs> and you know, that's what, yeah, that's what we look for. We miss that too much. Um, you don't get that in city matches because city are too damn surgical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they don't have any fun. So um, we definitely, definitely had fun in this match. It was a damn good match. Yeah, uh, just really good. And I think something else that's going to get uh, lost, and again, all of the controversy that, that took place, um, Mo Salah. The only time we talked about him was the potential handball, which isn't really a handball because they changed the rules so that as long as it doesn't lead directly to a goal, it's fine. But it's, it, which is just still boggles my mind how that change got made. But here we are. But that's it's one of those much... where they said, if this had happened last year, that's a handball. But yeah. <laughs> it happened this year, so it's not. Sure, why not? Uh, yeah, um, everything. But that was. Oh, I, I think I think the stat was this is the first Liverpool match in fifteen that Salah did not have an, a goal or an assist. That, that's, I mean, that's a really impressive job by Spurs. 
and and you know we we can say what we want about you know Emerson potentially having been sent off with the, with the penalty on Jota. Um, he and especially Ryan Sessegnon did a fantastic job in that match. Just really, really, really well done. Especially Sessegnon, who has been someone that was really coveted by Spurs for a while and hasn't had the greatest start to his Spurs career. Maybe under Conte, he's going to get a second life here. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think that this it's it's a shame that this match had so much controversy to it because it was such a damn good match. Like, and this is... And and this is if this is where Conte Spurs are going to get to, and maybe even, God bless, another level beyond this, you start to, you start to get cautiously optimistic and say, you know, is Spurs a top four team? Like, and not just you know, hey, it's City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and then well, we got to slot a fourth team in. Well, we thought it was United at the beginning of the year. Maybe now it's Spurs. I think under Conte, depending on what moves they make, if they make any moves in the January transfer market, this is maybe legitimately just a top four team now. Again, we've said this like a thousand times in the past. So God only knows they need to show consistency. But I think there is something in place where if if it happens, I think Spurs could actually be just a legitimate top four team going forward. It's a long ways to go, but... I am I'm really liking the signs I'm seeing from this team. Fourth place completely up for grabs this year in the Premier mm-hmm. League. Um, you know, I think a lot of people thought it would be United, and United have um, done United things. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're they're one. You know, they might get it together, but um, it's open. It's open right now for Spurs. It's open for Arsenal. It's open for United. Um, don't think it's quite open for Leicester City, but uh, no, no. and and West Ham is still there. I don't see West Ham, yeah, sticking around that well. So, um, so your schedule now coming up and deep breaths, everyone, because there's gonna be a lot coming up here until we next pod. COVID pending. Um, Seven thirty a.m. Sunday, we reconvene uh, on Boxing Day. 7.30 a.m., you get Liverpool Leeds, which, you know, every time I, it's Liverpool Leeds, I'm like, we could have a bunch of goals in that match. The way it's going, though, a bunch of those goals could all be for Liverpool. Um, so hey, I can live with it. We'll see how Liverpool Leeds goes. Also, Wolves-Watford in a WW match on 7.30. At 10 a.m., you get Man City versus Leicester, Tottenham versus Palace, West Ham versus Southampton, Norwich versus Arsenal, Burnley versus Everton. Then at 12.30, Aston Villa versus Chelsea. And at 3 p.m., Brighton versus Brentford. On Monday, it's Newcastle versus Manchester United because they need their own day for some reason. Tuesday, 7.30 a.m., Arsenal versus Wolves. 10 a.m., Southampton Spurs, Palace Norwich, Watford West Ham. 12.30, Leeds versus Villa. And at 3 p.m., Leicester versus Liverpool. Let's do it again, as we'll get to in, in just a moment here with the League Cup. Um, on Wednesday at 2.30, it's Chelsea versus Brighton. And at 3.15, Brentford versus Manchester City. Uh, and then matches will continue on to Thursday as at 2.30, Everton plays Newcastle and United plays Burnley. Very, very busy festive period as we take a look at the table right now and and. Dear God, I hate to say it, but it is possibly a bit of a false table right now. At least once you start talking about fourth place. 
Um, Man City currently three points up on Liverpool as we head into Christmas Day. Chelsea are three points back of Liverpool in third place. Arsenal are six points back of Chelsea. West Ham are four points out of fourth place. United five. Tottenham are six points back. But Tottenham also have three matches in hand on Arsenal. So that could change rather dramatically. United also do have two matches in hand. So that that fourth spot could really be shifting once they make up those matches. Uh, at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone. Watford currently outside of it. Burnley two adrift from safety. Newcastle and Norwich both three back. Um, so League Cup and the, the excitement didn't stop there. Um, Arsenal Sunderland not not an exciting match. Ar- Arsenal won five one. That that happened on Tuesday. It got its own day to just be its own thing. Uh, but hey, some good matches today. Uh, poor Brentford. They've played Chelsea now very close twice this year and have gotten zero wins to show for it. Uh, they're knocked out in the round of eight uh, as Chelsea scores twice in the final 10 minutes to advance to the semifinals. Uh, Spurs beat West Ham 2-1 in a match that saw five or sorry three goals in the span of five minutes. Um, Spurs getting on the board first through Bergwijn, um, which you know he loved to see. Jared Bowen answering just three minutes later. And two minutes after that, Lucas coming right back with another goal for Spurs to win 2-1. And then, dear God, you know, we, we, we talk about things being Spursy, but these last couple years, Leicester has taken bottling to a whole nother level. Uh, twice in a row, they've bottled Champions League spots. And this year, they're up 3-1 on Liverpool going into the second half before Jota scores in the 68th minute. And then Minamino in the final moments equalizes just before the stoppage time, they go straight to penalties. Minamino could have had the penalty winner, didn't convert. Oh, However, Jota did, and then when Ryan Bertrand missed his, that was all she wrote. Lester gagging away a two-goal lead in the final 20 minutes of the match as Brendan Rodgers returned to Anfield, not so sunny this time, which means your final four teams will be Chelsea versus Tottenham in one semifinal, Liverpool versus Arsenal and the other. Um, a, a, a genuinely good day of League Cup matches, Wes. Like we're not talking about the Arsenal one. And what sets up a humdinger of a semifinals that really shouldn't be two legs. Can we just go ahead and make that one leg? Thanks, guys. Well, you know, it's just more fun to do it the old-fashioned way because not everyone has enough matches this year to play. <laughs> No. Yeah. Um, looking at those matchups. <laughs> so <laughs> another thing that was really impressive today from Liverpool. Uh, yeah, you guys know I'm I'm the Liverpool guy. That's whatever. <laughs> um, Brendan Rodgers put out a really strong team. I mean, mm-hmm. that was if, if they were playing a Premier League game, that's the team Brendan Rodgers puts out. Uh, Jurgen Klopp. That is. The team that Jurgen Klopp puts out. Um, I want to real quick just take a quick look at uh, at this uh, starting lineup for Liverpool. That uh, up front, up front was Minamino, Firmino, and Nico Williams. <laughs> what does that mean? Nico Williams is the backup right back on this team. Um, <sighs> middle of the park. <clears throat> yeah, that was your start. Um, Tyler Morton. 
um, started in midfield. Jordan Henderson back. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who scored a goal. Uh, Connor Bradley started at, I guess he played left back. No, he right back. He played the trip position. Um, right back. So he played, he played right back. Connor Bradley played right back. Uh, he's a kid. Uh, Simikas played on the left. Joe Gomez and Billy the Kid, Billy Comedio, uh, who's like 18 or 19. I mean, there's like... I, I don't have exact ages in front of me, but I believe Morton Bradley and um, Comedio are all teenagers. Nico Williams might be just out of being a teenager. He might be like 20. Yeah, he's 20. Yeah, um, uh, the other three you mentioned, Bradley Morton's, is Morton's 18. 19, yeah. yeah, and Comedio yeah. is, I think, also 19. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this was not a strong Liverpool team. Uh, they brought uh, Keita, uh Milner, and Joda, and Owen Beck and Kanate off the bench. Owen mm-hmm. Beck came in. Owen Beck's another 19-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, that God, that, that might have been... See, I don't want to say these are debuts for a lot of these guys because there's a handful of them played at the San Siro in that um, mm-hmm. in that last Champions League match. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's what Klopp went with. You had a 3-1 lead yeah. <clears throat> and threw it away. Minamino, that last-minute gasp, and then they go and uh, – young Because somehow you pronounce that dude's name as Queven. Yes. Um, it's the Irish, um, <laughs> has two saves, two of the six uh, penalties that he sees and Liverpool are moving on. Um, and you know what? They're going to play Arsenal in the next round. It's two matches. I honestly don't expect Klopp to really go away from playing some kids in it. <laughs> I mean, right now the league cup for Liverpool is kind of like, all right, cool. If we stay in it and win it, cool. Yeah, Jurgen Klopp ain't getting paid to win the League Cup, so <laughs> um, so you're gonna see uh, Kelleher out there again. You'll probably see that group of Morton and uh, maybe Bradley Simica. I mean, you're you're certainly not gonna see Salamane, Firmino, Jota up front mm-hmm. uh, starting those matches and playing 90 minutes. Um, so I mean, it was just it was really impressive. But I mean, for Leicester, it's like, oh, what are y'all doing? Um, when we get to these matches, which are they going to be in February? Nope. They are. So the first matches will be played on January 5th, which is after the final matches, uh, of the festive period, but also right right before, uh, the FA cup matches or right after the FA cup matches, I think. And then, um, and then there's well, another I know one. On the second, Liverpool and Chelsea actually play on the second of January. Yep. yep. So. And then geez, January fifth. So. Uh, and, and okay, so and, and Liverpool will play um, uh, Shrewsbury on the ninth. <laughs> so okay, so <laughs> you want to see some more kids? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, guess what, Billy Comedio, you're going to get to play a lot, kiddo. Um, yeah. So God. Liverpool, when when they were probably like, man, we're going to get a week off. Nah, dog. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm going to tell you, man, just looking at this to start with, we jokingly said, oh, well, you know, it'll be Chelsea and Arsenal. Because yeah. We want the opposite. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked to see a uh, Tottenham-Arsenal um, final come out of this. Yeah. And I always say that because 
Liverpool and Chelsea now will definitely see now coming three days after those two play each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Liverpool and Chelsea are eyeing something a little bigger than the League Cup. Sure, yeah. So I think for two something really. Kind of, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, both are still in two big competitions. Three, if you count the FA Cup. <laughs> um, but uh, I think you know, once again, Klopp's not going to deviate. Klopp's going to start. Klopp's going to mix up kids, um, fringe guys, and Milner and Henderson, basically, <laughs> because you got to have one of the captains play. Um, but, you know, other than that, that's what Klopp's going to play. I think Chelsea, I'd always expect Chelsea to put their best team on the field. Uh, this is a really big opportunity for both, for two managers who, uh, you know, Arteta just needs to keep something positive happening for him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Conte can come in and deliver the League Cup, I mean, I, I know we talk about this every year. How long has it been since Spurs have won a yeah. trophy? Um, if he can come in and deliver one within months of being hired, obviously that's that's massive, and that would that would just be a huge huge boon to um, to uh, his uh, continued future at, oh, yeah. um, at you know. It would be huge for him. So. Yeah, absolutely. So this is this is uh, big. And, like, and the North okay. London Derby to top it off. So. Oh yeah, you know, you know, Tottenham. Tottenham could actually play three London derbies in a row to win the cup because they just beat West Ham. Yeah. They'll have to get through Chelsea and then potentially Arsenal in the final. Um, wow, what a what a story that would be. Um, Ooh, yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see. This is genuinely. Genuinely could be a couple of really good semifinals. Um, again, with, with Chelsea and Liverpool both potentially looking at the bigger picture of, of either winning the league or the Champions League. And Spurs and Arsenal definitely looking to try and win some sort of trophy this year. Um, th- this could be a very, very good chance that Spurs and Arsenal uh, do advance. But either way, I, I think these are going to be two very good and close semifinals. So uh, we'll have to see at the end of a super fun festive period how those go. And mm-hmm. God bless, of course, they have to be two legs. Super fun, super fun. Um, so uh, uh, to that discussion as we start news and notes, uh, as per The Athletic, the Premier League is set to continue with clubs determined to complete the festive fixtures. Uh, they met on Sunday. There was some talk of of postponing match week 20, which I believe was the the Sunday-Monday matches, um, and then picking back up on Tuesday. Um, of course, as you mentioned earlier, Wes, those would be on Amazon Prime, so that's, that's very, very risky to want to do that. Um, there were some clubs, though, including Liverpool and Arsenal, who supported moving those fixtures. Uh, but others argue that such a plan was too complex and riddled with risk. Um, none of the options that were put on the table were actually voted on by the clubs. Um, and the league said that basically, hey, if if you don't have enough, start pulling from your your under twenties or your under twenty uh, threes, because we're we're gonna just keep on going. Which you know, I I think we talked about this a little bit on text on uh, over text West, but. Uh, I sort of understand where the Premier League is coming from. What makes this really difficult for me, and as you said, dollar dollar bills, yo, is you've already postponed matches. 
Tottenham could have maybe pulled up some under 23s. It's questionable how big their outbreak was, but they probably could have pulled up maybe some under 23s and played their first match that was postponed. United could have also done it. Leicester possibly could have also done it. You've already had one set of rules for this this sort of thing, and now you're changing them because you don't want to lose the Boxing Day revenue. And I get it, but it sucks. It really, really sucks. And I don't like having multiple rules like this at different parts of the year, especially when it really just feels like it comes down to money. But I guess we're just gonna we're just gonna have to soldier on with a stiff upper lip and stuff like the British do, I guess. Yeah, completely. It's um, it's excuse me. It, I, don't, I don't even know what to say about it. It, it is uh, yeah. it, it's a little bizarre. Um, yeah, I guess just like you said, just uh, hang on, stiff upper lip it and go for it. Churchill would say, "We will never surrender." Yeah, and uh, the Premier League not going to surrender to um, a pandemic. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I'm I don't know. Um, I just I I think we're the agreement that there should be some sort of a break in the winter anyway. Yes, but you know, <laughs> when squads are already thinned out, this is already a brutal time of the year. And now guys are basically, and, and I mean, let's, you know, let's not twist it. It's not that when these guys are having positive tests, I mean, it's not like knocking on wood here. I haven't heard anything like this. I mean, it's not like Virgil van Dyke's at home, unable to breathe or anything. It's just, they had a positive test. They're probably asymptomatic, mm-hmm. but, but by the rule of it, these guys can't play They can't be around them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in the spirit of the, if anything, in the spirit of the competition, you know, it's, it's one thing if a guy tears his ACL, like, you know, happened to Van Dyke last year. It's one thing for that to happen. It's another thing when, you know, these guys are having tests and one thing, I mean, there are false positive tests, but either way, once you get a positive, you're, you're hit and you're out and you're done. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're swinging, you're swinging the competition based on, Based on this, uh, there has been an outbreak here in the last few weeks. <clears throat> I mean, I see it from both sides because, I mean, after losing so much revenue a year ago, the last thing they want to do is lose more revenue. Sure. Uh, but at the same time, you're putting out a worse product and you're putting, and this is not a COVID thing when I say this, you're putting players' health at risk mm-hmm. just for the simple fact that you know, these managers don't have the luxury now of even being able to, um, you know, to uh, rest players or rotate players. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where it's that's where it's really difficult. Is it's it's not the COVID so much. It's just the fact you suddenly don't have guys available and telling guys, oh, we'll just play your 23s. Give me a freaking break. Yeah. 
you know, there's a reason they're the under 23s. I mean, you know, and hell, Klopp has played his under 23s about as much, if not more, than anybody this year. And, you know, the guys have done good. Guess what? It ain't the same. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, let's put it this way if Tyler Morton is having to play 20 matches, 20 Premier League matches this year, Liverpool probably ain't winning the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just I think it's I think it's ridiculous. You know, you're you're having a lot of issues. A lot of teams are having issues right now. Just God, Premier League, just do the right thing for once. Yeah, you know, we don't always expect it from you. <laughs> just for once. I mean, you're not the NCAA. Don't get me wrong. You're not the NCAA, so you're not yeah. the absolute worst. Yeah. And you're certainly you're not UEFA. You're not. Uh, you're not. You're not the NFL. Um, you're, not FIFA, you're not the NFL. But we don't want you to be those. We want you to be better. We hold you to a higher standard because we we love you. We love you guys. We do. And uh, and you, you give us you give us the sport that we love. Just don't don't muck this up. Yeah, please, please. We don't ask for much. No, we don't. <sighs> we. So- we'll see how that goes um as as for a little bit of uh on the pitch news uh Ferran torres looks like he's gonna be the first big move of this winter season um it, i think maybe a week yeah it was last week we talked about potentially um killing mbappe playing for psg with a letter of intent to sign for real madrid in the summer already signed up but uh Ferran torres looks like he is heading out of city uh, just about a little less than 18 months after arriving there. Um, I believe City paid about $20 million for him, and they are going to let him go to Barcelona, who somehow have money now, for about 65 million euros. Um, it looks like it's about a five-year contract, according to The Guardian. Um, and it looks like he's traveling within the next day to have his medical and join up with the club. Um, the 21-year-old has not featured for City since late September after injuring his foot on international duty, but has resumed training and conditioning. Uh, before his injury, he scored 7 in 11 appearances for club and country. Um, again, I, I think my biggest thing of this, hey, good good for City, I guess. You have a ton of already talented players. Getting a, a $40 million sell-on for this guy is probably good. Uh, not that city need to be a selling club by any stretch, but uh, yeah, I just I just have to keep thinking where Wes Barcelona was broke, weren't they? Where the hell are they getting this money to just all of a sudden buy Ferran Torres? I don't understand. I mean, I mean wasn't Messi like supposed to play for free or something? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, Sergio Aguero retired. True, that is a big reason. Sure. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's have... a big reason they're going after Ferran Torres, not not that they all of a sudden have money. Yeah, yeah I mean that that makes sense, you know. But uh, just to yeah, put as in far as them having, as far as them having, um, yeah, I have no freaking clue how they have money. <laughs> no one knows how they have money. So. <laughs> just just keep taking out loans and never paying them back. It's it's fine. It'll just it'll just be the next person's yeah. problem. Oh yeah, man. Sure. 
just kick, kick that can a little further down the road and uh, it's all is well all <laughs> is well city all is well so um, yeah man yeah uh yeah, it's a good time, and uh, for City, I mean, hey, give those guys credit. I mean, they did they did some really nice business on that. Uh, oh yeah. Data. And you know, for City, for a team who you know we kind of scoff and roll our eyes about, they have limitless funds. Um, they do. You know, they, one way you keep things going is by um, you know making making profit when you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they did. I think they did a really good job of it here. I mean, because I mean, I never really thought of Ferran Torres as being a guy who was. Oh yeah, he's the new must-have for Barcelona. Oh yeah. Okay. Whatever works for you. I mean, they did. I think something somewhat similar with Leroy Sané. That was a more he gots to go situation. I think they still did a good bit of business for him too. So yeah, like that is, that is something that city have been pretty good about is they have, uh, they, they've also been able to sell pretty high on some of their guys. So there's the rich, the rich Uh, get richer and Barcelona keeps spending money. (laughs) Yeah. Barcelona and Barca ain't getting no richer, but whatever. (laughs) Enjoy the Europa league, everyone. Um, in, in a little bit of sad news uh, from Syria, um, but completely understandable news. Um, Christian Eriksen and Inter Milan have terminated his contract by mutual consent. Um, he had not played since collapsing at Euro 2020. Um, he had been fitted with an implantable cardioverter defibrillator, um, which unfortunately uh, the Syria does not allow any 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 modifications to the heart like that so he would not be allowed to play in italy um because of that um there there may be other leagues where he will be able to play um and it it is just you know a shame west because this is somebody who had who'd worked a long time at tottenham made his name there after coming over from ajax um never really won anything and then goes to uh inter and and wins the the league in his in his time there, um, so big thing for that. It's unfortunate what's happened to his career. Um, I don't know exactly where he'll end up, but uh, again, this is this is not some cold heartless thing. I know sometimes we like to get on teams for being cold mm-hmm. and heartless, but this is unfortunately due to the reality of the situation in Syria, a completely understandable thing. So um, hopefully, hopefully Christian Eriksen can end up somewhere good, either either continue his playing career or maybe maybe becoming a coach uh pretty soon down the line yeah um it was uh it was really sad on the situation that he found himself in to start with um you know everything happened back at euros uh luckily for him um seems like he is he is doing well overall um and you know the biggest thing for erickson <laughs> Erickson's got money in the bank. I would assume he's got money in the bank. Yeah. You know, I, I guess I should never assume with professional athletes anymore, but, um, you know, Erickson doesn't seem like um, he has, like, three great white sharks in a swimming pool in his house. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. Um, but the big thing he needs to do is just make sure that he's he's healthy and that he's safe and that he can live a long life. And, uh, 
yeah, he can still still definitely be a part of football. Just um, and more than likely, his career is not over. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I mean, Serie A is like the only league really that has that rule. So uh, I mean, we're definitely not saying that anything's over for him. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he uh, <clears throat> it's just it's going to be somewhere other than in uh, in Italy. So yeah, so. Good luck to you, Christian Eriksen. Maybe, maybe you won that title with Conte in Italy. Maybe, maybe it's time to come yeah. on back. Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, yeah. hey, Spurs could do much worse than bringing Eriksen back. That's very true. Very true. Um, our our last little story, and we're not going to touch on this too much, but we had mentioned, you know, Afcon, you know, maybe being postponed at some point. Uh, Simon Hughes had a very good write up. Um, in the athletic last week, uh, after we discussed this topic, um, Afghan's biggest threat isn't COVID-19 it's safety amid a civil war, um, which would be taking place in Cameroon. Um, there is a good amount of civil unrest there. Just go have a read. It's a very good article. Simon Hughes did a lot of, uh, of research into this. It's, uh, um, and unfortunately, a lot of the uh, the comments, not a lot, but some of the comments, you know, p- trying to paint this in a, a not so flattering light of how could you do this? You're from England. How could you possibly know what's going on in Africa? And that's that's what research is for from journalists. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. But um, we'll, we'll we'll have to see if AFCON keeps going. Um, I, every day I think I'm going to wake up and hear AFCON's canceled, but until then, I guess it's oh. just going to keep on going. It only, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that is going to do it for our articles, uh, in news and notes. Uh, but we're going to continue to pimp the athletic a little bit. Uh, Wes, what, uh, what do you have to pimp from the athletic this week? Um, let me pull me stories up. Uh, it is, of course, bowl season in yes. college football. We've already gotten some fun ones out of the way. Um, but uh, the Athletic, they are dropping stories daily. Um, a series called Tales from Bowl Season. Mm. Uh, I have I have I've been unable to get to many of them yet, but I have some saved. This one is sticking out to me. It's called The First Rose Bowl. How Michigan routing Stanford led to chariot and animal races before a football tradition was born. <laughs> Chariots and animal races. I mean, that's got to be freaking cool. Uh, how Iowa's raucous trip to the 1982 Rose Bowl led to a shutout loss and a new approach to postseason preparation. That sounds like it's got some of those uh, fun behind the scenes things that mm-hmm. I just absolutely love. Um Let's see. Uh, we have a basketball story this week. I don't give a shit about basketball, but this seems interesting. Full court diplomacy. Steve Kerr, Kim Jong-un, and the basketball game that never was. Ooh. Yeah. So apparently those two were going to play a little one-on-one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Um, and one more uh you know, re- recruiting season. Uh, they had the early signing day a week ago. Um, and uh, one one that I, I keep an eye on. So uh, my fiance, the company we work for, uh, we have a location out in Lubbock, Texas. 
Oh, yes. And uh, I was able to, you know, I hit a, I made my way out to Lubbock last year. And uh, first time I'd ever been out there and, you know, went and walked around the football stadium at Texas Tech, checked it out. So I kind of have a little soft spot for Texas Tech. Um, for Texas Tech, Coach Joey McGuire, the recruiting never stops. He's, quote, he's going to try to take over Texas. Uh, Joey McGuire is a new head football coach out there. He is a former high school coach in the state of Texas. This guy knows Texas. He is a hell of a recruiter. And, man, I tell you what, keep your eye on Texas Tech going forward. I think in a few years, Joe McGuire has a chance to really build something out there. And a uh, good story by Sam Kahn. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing, you know, seeing where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good things good things happening down there in Lubbock. Not in Waco, but in Lubbock. That's uh, that's really good. They've had a, they've had a good line of, uh, of 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 colorful characters in that coaching position down there. So uh, from the from the somewhat crazy to the somewhat attractive, um, we'll we'll see we'll see where this latest one lines up. Um, my couple articles. Um, one, um, this by Joey DeUrso explained Arsenal ruling and what it means for Socios fan tokens. Hint: they're a scam. Don't buy them. They're all a scam. Please stop. Clubs, please stop doing this. Please. So are these, I can I ask you, uh, are these like, so a new word came into my lexicon this past week, uh, NFTs? I'm, I, for, for, so I'll say two things. One, I'm sorry that word has come into your lexicon. Two, I'm happy for you that it took this long to enter it. It was uh, it was South Park's uh, COVID special oh, fault okay. that it came in. They were they were horribly making fun of them. So I they mean, should it's not like it. Possible, yeah. Um, uh, I figured have, if anyone would know about it, it would be you. We, we you, literally paused. Like, what the hell are they talking about? Have you been on Twitter in the last like I don't know six seven months and seen like some uh, random user with like a monkey, like a cartoon monkey as their profile picture? If I have, I've not paid attention to that random user at all. So yeah, these, so basically an NFT is like, what's the simplest way of describing this? It's like, it's like you're buying digital art that can grow in value. It's, I think the easiest way and simplest way without getting too into the weeds and without going driving myself insane is it's a lot like digital art you are buying a painting that is just digital but you're also not technically like buying it necessarily like the physical thing and other people can just copy and paste it and it's it's really weird it's if if you ever hear someone trying to talk to you like more than what I'm doing now or trying to sell you on an NFT, just walk away. Just, just just say, thank you. I'm not interested and walk away. Treat them, treat them like you're trying to talk to someone about who's trying to tell you to save the environment. Just, just walk away. Just like, thank you for your time. I don't, I don't don't really foresee it as being anything that like would interest me too much. Um, It's, here, here, so, Wes. Uh, are you interested in money laundering? Ooh, that was tough. Because <laughs> if you are, NFTs are a great way to do it. Um, it, it, speaking my language, that 
it's 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 crazy because since a lot of the art world also is a lot of money laundering and ways to move money around and shell corporations nfts are basically the same thing in the the digital world and and people really think they're just getting in on the ground floor and it's it's also kind of like um a pyramid scheme in a lot of ways like one of those multi-level marketing things it's also a lot like that um where you you got to get in on the ground floor man you got to get in on it is oh god i Every, every time I hear someone talking about NFTs in a positive way, I just want to shoot myself in the head. Like I, I, and and you know me, I'm usually someone who's like, yeah, let's go. I love these new trends. These are, this is awesome. Even if I don't fully understand it, I'm like, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. This I'm like, no, no, I no, no, get these the fuck out of here, please, please, just no. good to know. So yeah. Um, you right, can yeah. there are people who have done much better explanations of it than I've just given to you. So if you want to look them up, um I would definitely be careful of where I would look it up. Well, to be fair, you're not a very suggestible person. So <laughs> I feel like even if you did start looking it up, you wouldn't get sucked into this world. But nah. But yeah, there's unless, def- it's, unless it's something I can cook on my smoker, um, <laughs> or uh, or or some piece of uh, of workout equipment that I probably don't need. Uh, yeah, that's about the only thing. I, uh, Let me think. About it for me. Um, I think there is a Twitter account. I think. Uh, let me. See. Um, I think it's called Owning Crypto Bros. Um. Uh, I need to find that where it's just it's just crypto and uh, NFT bros on Twitter who clearly have no idea what they're actually doing and and getting owned. Oh, it's great. It's it's amazing. I, I have to find that Twitter account. But anyway, we're moving on because, again, it's a fucking scam. Please stop buying them. Um, oh, also, and it's destroying the environment. Yay. Um, another one from Philip Buckingham. Cheap transport, scarce accommodation and potential boycotts. Boycotts. What traveling fans can expect at the World Cup in guitar. <laughs> what a... <laughs> just... God, fuck. Um, this goes into a lot of things. It goes into the moral part. It goes into the actual mechanics of how it's going to work as of released right now. It goes into, the again, the accommodation headaches. Um, uh, there's not the permanent infrastructure to house up to 1.5 million football fans in a nation the size of Yorkshire and accommodation is expected to be the biggest headache for those in Qatar. Great. It is expected there will be only 100,000 rooms available to visitors by the time the World Cup kicks off in November. I I have no idea how that's going to work. Good good fucking luck, guys. Good luck. <laughs> Um, and then finally, uh, th- this was I actually really. You, you and I don't have to work on so. Yeah. <laughs> um, finally, this story from Andrew Baggerly, and I read this yesterday. I was really surprised, and I enjoyed it a hell of a lot. Um, Mister Omnipresent, how Giants coach Tyra Uematsu pursued a dream and made history. Uh, Uematsu is becoming the first Japanese coach in Major League Baseball. You know, it's not. You know, one of the people who uh, you think about, like maybe like a Hideki Matsui or an Ichiro um, or like a Hideo Nomo, any of those guys who came over from Japan. Nope. This guy came over as an unpaid bullpen catcher with the Giants, 
worked his way up through the system and is now going to be an assistant coach at the major league level. It is an awesome story. Um, I think it's a terrible nickname that Bruce Bochy ended up giving him. I understand why he gave it. It makes sense, but it's not catchy at all. So, but, but really it's a, he's a really cool guy and uh, it's a really cool story. So go check that out again. That's from Andrew Baggerly. Um, how Mr. Omnipresent, how Giants coach Tyra Uematsu pursued a dream and made history. Um, so good, good for him with that. Um, let's hit the watch for real quick. Wes, what are you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Um, I think, did I bring it? I brought up the American gods last week, didn't I? Yes, you did. Yeah. So we've slowed down on that because apparently she wants to read the book first, which I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, it was kind of interesting. Um, that's all I can give you for this week. Um, Really, all I can give you is watch your bowl games. Uh-huh. I, I haven't, I haven't had a lot of free TV time, so uh, that's uh, that's my that's my um, suggestion to you all. Just watch your bowl games because, uh, well, I, we're gonna. I was gonna say college football is coming to an end quickly, but um, that's just football in general for us because that's what we watch is college football. And by we, I mean me more than even you. So. <laughs> Maybe we'll see if uh, if we get an Alabama, um, what you call it, uh, Alabama Georgia rematch in the title game. I might uh, I might check that out. I might have to. You know you're excited. You know you're excited about the uh, about a rematch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody's um, excited. Everybody's uh, excited. You know. <laughs> Except for no one. So. Except, except for the SEC haters. Only, yeah, only SEC people are excited about that. So. <laughs> um, uh, as for me, uh, the season finale, I did not realize this This show was only six episodes long. The series, seri- I don't know if it's a series or season finale yet. Shut up, Siri. Um, but Hawkeye is coming to a close. The last episode uh, is coming up. And uh, Wes, uh, do you remember? I think I said it was last week. Um, I said, man, thank God I watched Black Widow before uh, before checking out this show. Um, I believe you said that, which is true. Um, the I can now say after watching the, the fifth of six episodes of the season, um, thank God I watched the Netflix shows. Oh goodness, not Jessica Jones and. Um... Yeah. Uh huh. Daredevil. And, oh well. Yeah. Because because there's a moment in at the very end of this uh, the fifth episode, and it looks like it's continuing on to the sixth, where the somebody shows uh, Kate Bishop a picture, and I'm like, wait, is that that character played by that actor? And then I see in the credits that actor's name show up, and I'm like, "What? We're we're doing this. We're actually we're bringing the Netflix shows into reality here." Okay, I I guess this is what we're doing now. So, um, I'm trying to figure out how to not. You want you watch Daredevil, right? Nah, not I thought, Alex. I thought you watched. I never watched Daredevil. Oh, I think nah, you watched Daredevil. I never watched Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil season nah. one is really good. 
And then season two has the Punisher. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll get to him one day. I can't make any promises. Um, season one is really good. It has it has some of the it has some of the best fight scenes I've seen in a show. Um, in, in a television show, it it has some very good martial arts scenes. Um, season one is legitimately a really really good show. Um, of Daredevil. Um, not every, not every Netflix Marvel show was good. Um, Iron Fist was terrible. Um, Jessica Jones season one was really good. Season two, not so much. Uh, Luke Cage was fine. Um, but Daredevil season one was really good. Um, even if you don't watch the next two seasons, I think there were, um, if you just watch season one, really good. And apparently if you want to know what's happening in the MCU now, you might have to watch that. Jesus. Oh, the I, MCU. I, I genuinely thought I would never see the Netflix shows really brought into like the greater MCU world. I thought that was going to be kept very separate. Well, uh, at least at least this one character has bled through. We'll see if we'll see if more bleed through. Um, but also want to go check out uh, Spoderman, the new Spoderman movie. I've heard that's really good. So. I want to go check that out. I've heard it's good too. I haven't seen it myself. I've heard it's uh, quite good. I've heard it's uh, quite interesting, quite fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of things happen in it. So mm-hmm. um, Things and stuffs. A lot of things, things, things are good. Things are good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, definitely uh, definitely want to check out the Spidey. I haven't been. God, man, you been. Yeah, I know you remember how much I used to enjoy going to the movies. Well, mm-hmm. now I don't live anywhere near a movie theater, so no. it kind of makes it a little tougher for me. So, uh, yes, yes, yes. But uh, yeah, I, I, I would, I would like to see it. So. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm wait, I'm, I am gonna watch Eternals once it finally comes out on Disney Plus. I'm not, I'm not going to the movie theater for gotcha. that, but I will go to the movies for Spoderman. I will go to that. So. Spoiderman, Spoiderman. <laughs> Wonder if Toby Maguire shows up. That's all I want to know. <laughs> but I don't want to know, you know. You know, I don't want to know. You know. Oh man, oh man. So so many people show up in the movie apparently. Um, but <laughs> we will uh, we'll see exactly who shows up. I'm very excited to go watch it. Maybe maybe maybe. Uh, one name producer Jackie and I will go um, on Boxing Day later in the afternoon. We'll go on oh, Boxing Day. Go check it out after the foot. After yes. the football. Absolutely. Um, so maybe we'll go check it out then. But that is going to do it for this edition of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Episode three ninety four is in the books. Thank you so much for joining us all this week uh, in our pre Christmas pod. Uh, once again, thanks to NGSC Sports. They never stop. Um, you can find them on the socials as well as us on Twitter. As a collective, we are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Instagram. 
Facebook and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show, and you can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Thanks to our podcast providers, including Anchor, powered by Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And again, if you want to shoot us a voice message, just click on the link in the description and fire it off there. Um, so we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be going over uh, yet more Premier League matches. Again, especially since they probably won't get called off for COVID this time. And uh, we'll see if any other crazy things happen in matches. Um, but before we get out of here, Wes, anything else you want to add? Um, this is an end this week, folks. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, I don't know if you've already got up your aluminum pole. Uh, if you've aired your grievances, if you've performed your feats of strength, uh, if you've had your hearty meal of meatloaf and mashed potatoes, which I am having tomorrow night, because, folks, it's the greatest holiday of the year. It's Festivus. Yay. And then that other one this weekend. But, folks, <laughs> it's Festivus. Literally, right now, as I speak, we are uh, just under 40 minutes away from Festivus on the East Coast. Mwah. Excellent. Cannot wait. (laughs) Chef's kiss. Same in the feet. So for my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Please enjoy this merry Festivus and Christmas season. And until next time, stay safe and enjoy the football because there's plenty of it. Good night, Paul Tierney. Kiss my ass as you go to sleep. (laughs) Oh, man. That's a fine. That's Jurgen can get away with that apparently. You cannot. That is a fine. That's right. That's right. They're gonna find me. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.